Welcome to another Sunday session. Today we're talking about DBT, but first you need to learn about the MVP herself, Marsha Linehan. Who is Marsha Linehan, you ask? She is the lady who created DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, and she's awesome. The way she created DBT was by approaching mental health units, and she wanted to work with specifically the very unwell patients, the suicidal um, individuals. She was really confident that what she was taking to these units was going to be a success and it wasn't and instead of giving up she looked at what component was missing what do these people need they need validation they need more than someone just to listen to them so she kept going back and she kept persevering and I really love that about her because I don't know how many people would have been able to persevere in that environment Another thing I really love about her is when you watch videos of her talking about designing the program, she's very headstrong, she's very unapologetic, and she's quite funny the way she describes this process of creating a program that is successful. It's very refreshing. Before we start specifically looking at DBT, I just wanted to clarify as well the difference between CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, and DBT, which is dialectical. This is something that comes up a lot even with um, professionals that I tell uh, tell them that I'm doing DBT. They aren't quite sure what it is. So from experience, and my memory is from a long time ago in regards to CBT, it's been over 10 years since I did CBT, but my memory of it is that it's more of an exploration of your internal cognitive relationships. So the relationship between thoughts, feelings, and I think actions, uh, it's, it's a way to understand that if you alter an experience in one of those areas, that therefore alters the experience in the other areas as well, if that makes sense. DBT is a little bit more... Uh, learning new skills and implementing new skills into your life. It also works on accepting where you're at and also creating change within your life as well. So um, one is about exploring cognitive relationships and DBT is more about working with dialects. So uh, opposites, acceptance and change. Anyway, how about I tell you about DBT, what is it, and how does it work? So firstly, DBT is not a suicide prevention program uh, per se. It's more about improving the quality of your life. So Marsha Linehan herself says this is a life worth living program. And I really attest to that. It's amazing at improving your quality of life. Um, Before DBT, I was in some sort of hellhole 
finding my way around in the dark. And afterwards I felt like I'd kind of caught up to everybody else. Like I finally was on the the same platform that I could launch off that everybody else was launching off as well. So DBT, you might have picked up just before, I called it dialectical behavioral therapy. And dialectics are opposites. So in therapy, we are learning to work with accepting our current reality or learning to accept that life has hard bits and you just have to go with that. But in the same vein, you're also learning how to create change in your life. So accepting that bad things can happen and things don't always go the way you want them to go, but you're also learning how to negotiate, how to have good skills to clarify your boundaries and create change within your own responses to the world around you. So I'm pretty confident that this is the way um, most of the programs run, but just take mind that maybe not all of them do. So the program that I did, you, you cover the four modules that are part of DBT and you cover them over six months and then you do exactly the same modules again the following six months. You also rotate. So when I was in my first round of um, modules, there was another group of people in the room that were on their second round. And it was super helpful because we could kind of listen to the way they were using their skills, um, trials and errors and challenges. And then when I was in the group that was the on the second round, we were able to do the same thing for the newbies. So it's quite a good environment for peer learning and also learning how to validate other people and yourself as well. So the four modules are core mindfulness, interpersonal effectiveness, which sounds very fancy, but it's basically learning how to have conversations and get your needs met without burning bridges. Then there's emotional regulation. And the last one is distress tolerance. So I'll go through these modules. I'm not going to go through all of the um, individual skills today, just the modules. And I just want to give you a really quick overview of how these modules have contributed to my quality of life. Mindfulness, I love mindfulness. That's my song, I wrote it just for you. Uh, it's my favorite module, mindfulness. Obviously very helpful, that's why it's part of the DBT program. The first benefit I found came after I had learnt how to match the name of an emotion to how I was feeling. And that might sound funny to you but the reality is that I was able to and I think I'm okay to say this that a lot of people are probably able to easily identify what's called a secondary emotion which is what people think is the first emotion they feel. A common example would be with anger you might think that when somebody almost rear-ends you and 
you get aggressive and yell at them because they made you angry, you might think anger was your primary emotion. It's not. Fear was probably your primary emotion. Then you had a thought about that, which caused you to be angry. So these are things that I learned in DBT. So once I learned how emotions actually work, then I was able to start building a relationship between mindfulness and my emotions. Uh, At first, I would act on an urge, um, so do something unhealthy, and then I was able to reflect back and find what I was feeling before that happened. Eventually, you start catching it earlier and earlier, and then you have this opportunity to use your other skills in this really quick moment before you act on an urge. So that was really the first benefit for me with mindfulness or one of the benefits. The second big benefit for me was learning how to overcome my almost inability to remain in reality. It sounds silly maybe, but it's very hard to stop a lifelong coping mechanism overnight. So you just have to keep persevering. There's a set of mindfulness skills that teach you how to be present in the moment and really try and take as much as you can from that moment. So I found that really helpful. Moving on to interpersonal skills, even though this is the second module listed, we don't learn this one until last because it's very tricky and very scary. So they try to teach us other coping skills to get through the discomfort of using interpersonal skills. Interpersonal effectiveness requires us to be very vulnerable and try and make a request in a way that somebody could reject us. Um, if I yell and scream until I get what I want, I'm, I'm so big and... I'm taking up so much space in the room that it's going to be very hard for a person to to reject what I want and therefore it's going to be very hard for them to reject me and hurt me. So if I need to try and be just little me and ask nicely for something, I have to be willing to accept that they might say no. They might say that doesn't work for me. And then I have to be willing to negotiate. So that's why we we don't learn that one until last. So module number four. How has interpersonal skills affected my life? Well, I have relationships. I have healthy relationships. I have wonderful friendships. I've rekindled friendships that were destroyed, um, I have a wonderful relationship. It's the healthiest relationship I've ever had. And I really bring that down to not only, you know, my ability to identify somebody who, you know, lives a life that matches my values, which is a whole nother kettle of fish. You have to learn what your values are generally in therapy as well. But I also have these skills I can pull out if I am having trouble with something I can figure out okay how do I address this what's the framework that I can talk about something difficult Um, 
what things do I need to consider if somebody's talking to me about their feelings? I need to listen and validate and really soak that up as well. But I also am allowed to enforce my own boundaries and say, well, no, this is very important to me and this is why. So thank you, interpersonal skills. Now on to emotional regulation, which was my least favorite module. I didn't like this module because it's kind of like when you first go to uni maybe or any course you do, the first few topics you cover are kind of dry and really not interesting. You already know it and you're already doing it. Except in the context of DBT, I sure as hell was not already doing it. I just liked to pretend that I was. I wanted to get to the juicy stuff. And it wasn't until pretty much almost the end of my therapy. So remember, six months twice. So I was almost a year into therapy before I really started respecting this module and giving it the attention and effort that it deserved. And uh, if you want to go real deep into this rabbit hole, you could say giving it the attention that I deserved. Hey, I don't know, might delete that bit later. We'll see. Anyway, emotional regulation. It's basically eat well, sleep enough, get some exercise, do things that challenge you, avoid things that make your mood drop severely and, and you just get really depressed. Uh, it's very, you know, straightforward things in theory, but you, you got to work hard to actually implement all these things. And for me, when I actually started trying, oh, I felt like I was juggling so many balls at once. And it's just, it's a constant battle for me. I have to work really hard on this one. The other part of emotional regulation that's been very helpful for me is I've learned how to navigate responses. I've learned how to check if my emotional response is a little bit, maybe a little bit of an overreaction or is it valid? Then I also have learned what do I do if it's valid? These are the steps that I need to take. If it's a bit of an overreaction, these are the steps I need to take. So it's very clear and it's really paved a, a great pathway for me to follow through these situations where I was very empty-handed before therapy. I wasn't sure what to do. So the last module is distress tolerance, and it actually is broken into two uh, subcategories, I suppose. The first one is called crisis survival, which in your mind, a crisis is probably something like you got fired from your job unexpectedly, or a loved one had a car accident, something like that. In the context of borderline personality disorder, a crisis is used more to describe a trigger, which is maybe sending, for me, it's sending me into emotional turmoil where I have strong urges to use unhealthy coping mechanisms, uh, so like resorting back to old ways. 
a crisis for me also could be something that's sent me back into an old memory where I just disappear there for a while. I won't realize that I've gone there um, and I am getting better at this, but that is another thing that could cause me to go into emotional turmoil. So using crisis survival skills has really helped me learn to create a pause in between my strong, overwhelming urge to act out or use an unhealthy coping mechanism. It can be as short as a split second or as long as a couple of hours. However long I need, all I'm doing in that moment is trying my hardest not to do what every part of my being is urging me to do. The second part is reality acceptance skills. This is super helpful. This is a great skill. I feel like everyone should learn this one. Really, it's as big as accepting your state of life at the moment. You might live in a crappy situation. You might have terrible relationships in your life, be it with friends or, or your partner. And it can be as small as, I can't be bothered washing the dishes today. It's just feeling the discomfort of not wanting to do something and having to show up and get it done anyway because that's the reality that you live in. You just need to accept that it is what it is and you have to get on with it. And it sounds kind of blunt, but if you try really hard to be able to do that, uh, it's really going to save you a lot of energy. And for me, it's energy that I didn't have. So if I was wasting energy on agonizing over things or being super upset about situations that I can't change that was energy that I was taking away from being able to learn new skills or try new skills that would lead to me being able to change that situation so it's just switching things around and redirecting energy to a more productive place so that's the four modules uh, that are covered in dbt we also have a daily diary card that we have to fill out if you are interested in finding out what that looks like, just punch into Google DBT Diary Card. It needs to be, it's a double-sided sheet. So on the front, we have to record every day our emotions, how strong they were. And this is something that we get to choose which emotions go on that sheet. It's obviously very difficult at the start, given what I said earlier about not really knowing how emotions work or how they feel. Uh, but the great thing is, is that my therapist anyway allowed me to kind of put down whatever descriptor I came up with for an emotion because ultimately I was still getting to know that feeling, even though I wasn't sure what it was called. If you do get a chance to look up the diary card, don't be too overwhelmed about all of the individual skills within the modules. You will see the four modules that's on the back of the diary card, which we talked about today. Over the coming episodes, we'll break down each of the skill sets and talk about what challenges might arise for somebody or what arose for me when I learned them anyway. Just to give you a bit of guidance of what might come up for your loved one. As you can imagine, we are going to DBT once a week, which is 
for me it was two and a half hours. Then I had my one-on-one as well. And then I was also spending the week trying to implement my skill that I had learnt that week in group. So when it got to the end of the day and I had to fill out my diary card, I was quite reluctant, I would say, a lot of the time. Mainly because it's such hard work cognitively, it's very taxing. You've got to try to identify your emotions and write down how strong they were. You also have to write down your urge behaviors. Did you act on them? So you're really pulling up a micro, uh, what's it called? A magnifying glass and looking at a lot of aspects of your day. If you have a loved one who has a diary card, and they probably will have one, you really want to try and encourage them to pick the pen up and just have a go at filling it out. Focusing on small wins, validating what they can achieve. So try and fill out a couple of your emotions today. Try and fill out um, some of your urge behaviors today. Try and fill out one side of your diary card, things like that. Just make small steps because for us at the time, they might not feel like small steps, but we really do need to do the diary card. It's a very big tool to help us learn to monitor our emotions and it also helps our therapist see where we're at throughout the week. It reminds us or serves as a prompt uh, for any big events that might have happened that caused us to spiral. So it's a great tool and we do need to use it. So anyway, that was a quick overview of the four modules of DBT and how the program works generally, I would say in most cases. Please do go ahead and look up anything if you're interested um, and also message me if you have any questions. I am on Instagram, so just look up Hot Roots Podcast and I should pop up. I got the little yellow thumbnail with some flowers on it. So I will see you next week. That's another song that was a bonus song for you. I hit those high notes real good. (laughs) 